This is Journey, exploring the customer experience, a special six-part Story Connect miniseries hosted by Carrie Huckabee. Journey is a production of WordSouth and Pioneer Utility Resources in partnership with our presenting sponsor, Calix, whose mission is to enable broadband service providers of all sizes to simplify, excite, and grow. Email us at hello at wordsouth.com to continue this customer experience conversation. You've been sharing parts of your story all along the customer journey, a new chapter at every stop, awareness, evaluation, and purchase. You've got to keep the story going, keep them interested, informed, engaged, connected, and satisfied. It's called retention. What do you know about your customers? What story do they want to hear? Do you track the average time a customer is your customer? Have you noticed if they become restless with the story or less satisfied at a particular point in the storyline, the relationship? If they stay long-term, do you know why they stay? If they go, what drives them away? Acquisitions, the introduction, are thrilling for a marketer, but it's this long-term relationship that makes the difference in the bottom line. It's the return of your investment. What are my guests doing to retain customers? I start with Dee Dee Longenecker from East Tex. She says her company retention story begins by having the right team and consistent training. I think they absolutely know that the customer experience is important. And, and that's one of the ways I feel East Tex is very special. You know, our CSRs are fantastic. They they certainly know that. And I think they lead the charge every day because they are that sort you know, constant phone conversation or in person at the business drive-throughs dealing with those customers but all of our plant technicians as well you know they're going out the installers the trouble repairmen they're going out and interacting with customers too and we we get a lot of feedback about what a great job they're doing how how personal they are and how good they are with customers. And so I think they absolutely you know by virtue of how well that they're doing, their jobs and interacting with those customers, I think that's a testament to the fact that they do understand. And, you know, we do all company training. Um, I do annual training across the whole company every year. And we talk about customer service. We talk about, you know, the do's and don'ts and the ways that we can assist customers to, to give them a better experience. And we don't leave anybody out, everybody who works for the company, it's, it's all hands on deck. Because we know, you know, we're community partners, you know, most of our staff, you know, other than, other than me and, and one or two other people, we live in these communities. And, we know these folks, you know, we, we work on boards with them on school boards and we, you know, we see them at church and we see them at restaurants and we support their small businesses and we, you know, have kids together on soccer teams and stuff. So, you know, that makes it easy to prioritize, you know, the customer uh, and their experiences when they're really your friends and neighbors. And, that, and that's really, that's, that's really what I sense at East Tex. As Dee Dee said, the right team and the training is a must. Shannon Sears at WCTEL told me about the internal training program that they launched to ensure a consistent customer experience. We've been preparing it for a long time uh, through our call center, or we, we use something called customer care expectations. Um, and 
And that is something that every customer service person signs at the beginning of every year. And it talks about, this is how we're going to treat our customers. This is how we're going to talk to our customers. This is how we're going to talk to each other. This is how we're going to support, you know, one another. And this is how we're going to meet customers' needs. And it's a, you know, it's a three, four page document about things like that, about our group, how we're going to, how we're going to do things. And uh, that is, that has been great because it sets us at the beginning of the year, the tone for everybody. And we don't change it much every year, but we, we ask everybody to sign it, read it and sign it. Um, the other thing that we do is uh, we have we do our own call coaching program for them. Um, and basically what that is, is we record every call. We randomly pull calls and uh, we review those calls uh, with um, with the CSRs. And uh, we evaluate that with them. Basically, their supervisor evaluates it. They evaluate it. Then they come together and talk about it. Or we look at it as an opportunity to learn together. We don't look, we never use that as a disciplinary tool. We use it as an opportunity to say, hey, we maybe we could have said this like that. Or what do you think this this person, you know, how do you think they perceived what you said there? And and um and that has been great because they appreciate the feedback. Uh sometimes we'll let them listen to other people's calls with that other person's permission and see how they did things. And so it gives us a great, uh, gives us continuity in the way we uh, talk to customers, but it helps us along the path, you know, as well to keep us very consistent in how we uh, and how we deal with customers. Our CEO says this all the time. It's not that we won't have problems, but it's how we react when we do have them. There's probably nothing more important to retention than the right team and training. I mean, it's the foundation. Are there other tools or initiatives helping my guests retain customers? I ask if retention offers and loyalty programs are part of their retention strategy. Greg Hunter from Nemont kicks off this part of the discussion. It's kind of funny that you mentioned that, Carrie, because I just actually spent some time. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Calix Circles of Success, um, where they ask they get a bunch of people, they sign up for these things and you, you kind of go over different things. And the, one of the ones I went to is running an effective loyalty program. I just here last month and I had a lot of ideas. Um, unfortunately, nobody on the call that we were on had actually put one in place. And I've actually been trying to do this for well over five years. Um, I keep getting a lot of kickback um, Internally, and I think it's because everybody's so busy. If I can find a way to do it without having a bunch of manpower in it and having something built through either our software company or have something that actually is somewhat seamless, I think that we could, we've looked at it, we would do it. I think the problem that I keep running into, and I hear this from several other telcos that I've talked to about it. Um, is finding something that works with their software and finding somebody that actually is going to um, that's going to own it, that's going to walk through the whole thing. And I haven't found I I would own it if I could answer all the questions that I need to answer, but I can't. And I've even actually talked to NISC, um, and that's been probably five or six years ago about what if we did this, what if we did that, and. 
Um, like anything else with software, I think you have to have more than just one person on board. Otherwise, it's not cost effective to actually look at that, how it's going to work. Greg faces the same challenge that many companies do when it comes to launching a loyalty program. You know, time, manpower, and an easy-to-track system. But I'm convinced he's going to figure it out. WCVT's Kirk Grenling says his company doesn't have a loyalty program. They simply try to build loyalty by doing the right thing each and every time. They do use some retention and win-back offers, but their main focus is to find out why a customer is thinking about leaving. One of the other challenges, you look at a lot of the big uh, national telecommunications providers and cable companies, right? They're all about these short-term promotional offers. And, you know, I believe in trials and, you know, lowering the risk for people to, you know, uh, trial uh, doing business with us. But that doesn't always sit well for those customers who may be those people who might be customers of ours for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 or more years. Right. Um, Where, you know, why is the new guy getting, you know, this big uh, special promotional price and, and I'm not. You know, so that's why we try to stay away from some of those just because I, I don't think they do anything for long-term loyalty, but it is important to uh, you know, make it easy for somebody to try our services and do business with us, right? And our hope is that you know, we do everything right, we hit all those touch points, and um, you know, the customer then obviously becomes that, that long, long-term uh, uh, loyal uh, customer to us. There's a whole process that we start, you know, some of the challenge, especially like if it's, if it's a number report, right. Those, those customers are pretty much gone, right. Because that port comes in from the carrier and, you know, per FCC rules, you know, we can't, we can't contact or, or, or do anything at that point. So, you know, that presents some challenges. If it's a customer who's unhappy, obviously with a service that says, I'm going to disconnect. The first thing we do is right. Put the billing on hold, you know, Mr. Customer, let me get you, you know, to a tech support, uh, um, uh, technician, you know, to help work through the problem with you. You know, they're not always willing, but we do try all those attempts. At the same time, you know, we do have some retention and win back offers. Uh, but again, you know, we're not going to compete with Comcast on you know short term promotional offers. And you know, oftentimes, you know, that's it's 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 not uh, uh, even you know financially viable to try. Um, but you know, the thing if it's a service related issue. We, you know, we're, we're going to put that billing on hold, you know, get them to a technician and do everything we can to make that customer happy, right? We don't want somebody who's unhappy with our services. We need to either, A, get those services working, you know, up to the standards that uh, uh, that they re- require, or, you know, there's there, there certainly is, you know, uh, uh, sometimes where it's it's too challenging and maybe it's just not a good fit. Kurt makes a great point. Know when a customer is not your customer. We've heard the challenges of a retention or loyalty program. So what else are my guests doing outside the daily interactions with customers, outside those phone calls and those office visits? How do they position their company brand out in front of everyone else? Derek Barr is the assistant manager at Hardy Communications. His company has a big presence in the community, and his company employees take part in the events to help maintain their brand. They do some really fun stuff because, well, that that's just who they are. Everybody in the in the community for for being a small company, there's probably no other um, business in our area who does as much as far as promoting, sponsoring uh, local events, local teams, uh, you know, all those types of things. We we um, we we do a lot of that. We we 
allow our employees to, we encourage our employees actually to participate in, in different civic groups to get out there and, and um, uh, just a small thing that I tell you actually makes a big difference. There, there's a, whenever our inner county football game happens, there are two high schools in our county. Obviously, they're big rivals when they play. When they do play, we actually um, joined with another company to promote that. We call it the Hardy Bowl. And we actually paid for every student uh, K through 12 to attend that game for free. I mean, it's not like I can put a monetary value on it, but in terms of uh, we, I guess we've been doing that for about four, three, four years now. Um, and the response we get back from something like that is, is just amazing. Um, so, and uh, we, the schools love it obviously because we, it gets more people out to the games. Um, and then, and we also make sure that on that game that we sponsor, that we have some employees in there working the concession stand as well. Um, so we encourage them to do that. And then we just get to hear everybody saying, this is, this is wonderful. You know, I would appreciate you doing this. So we do a lot of things like that in the community just to, um, and, and to be honest, that's not even, I'm not going to say that's a strategy per se. It's, it's, that is something that, that we just feel is, is part of our mission as a, as a co-op in this area, that that's what we're supposed to be doing. But it's the type of thing that resonates with your customers. This Story Connect miniseries is brought to you by Calyx. Every home, every broadband subscriber is unique. That's why you need insight that only user data can deliver. Calyx Marketing Cloud helps you unleash the power of data to drive ROI, boost ARPU, and ultimately improve the customer experience. Calyx Marketing Cloud is built with machine learning that automatically processes data, identifies valuable subscriber trends, and intuitively recommends segments. Who's working from home? Who's hitting their broadband thresholds? Who are your gamers and heavy streamers? Who's having a poor experience and needs to know how to improve it in real time? With the Calyx Marketing Cloud, you'll have the data you need to get the right message to the right customers. Visit calyx.com to see how other broadband providers are improving the customer experience with Calyx Marketing Cloud. Schedule a demo at calyx.com or speak with your Calyx account specialist. Simplify the way you market. Excite your subscribers across the customer journey. Grow your business. All with the Calyx Marketing Cloud. In earlier episodes of this podcast series, Deb Luke, the GEM and CEO at Midburn Communications, she told us about their hometown touch initiatives and company culture. She told me how they take those core values outside their company walls and into the community. It really has allowed us to elevate our brand um, and also reinforce our core values within our organization. So we use it a lot of times from the perspective, not just on a promotional side about what's going on, but we do it for job recruitment. Um, We also, because with our hometown touch, we've created what's called a community impact team. So as part of our core values in making a difference in our communities, we ask our staff to do a certain amount of volunteer time. And so when they're in the communities doing their volunteer time, they're wearing our, our special community impact team shirts. And, and so we're able to promote on our social media the engagement that we have in our communities. Uh, it also uh, allows us to promote our communities. So we assist them through our local channel on TV and our Facebook 
to um, promote events that are going on um, and elevating the awareness just of the community itself. So we're helping to support the community along with what the needs of our company are in making them aware of who we are and what we do. Kurt believes that events are branding events and educational opportunities. Although WCVT has a long, long history, their brand wasn't familiar in some of their newer properties. They launched a grassroots effort to tell their story and to show that their company and their employees are approachable and accessible. You know, one of, one of the things early on that we realized is, uh, you know, when in 1996, when we did that first series of, of focus groups, we realized quickly that, you know, in the Matter of Valley area where we were at the, uh, uh, the local company for the last, you know, 90 uh, years, that everybody knew us, right? If I had a question, that, you know, I, I called the owner, you know, I stopped at the office. I, um, the, it wasn't so much the case on the Champlain Valley uh, side of our service area. You know, we had recently acquired those properties from GTE. And uh, prior to that, you know, it was owned by Continental Telephone. So they went through, you know, multiple um, uh, uh, companies, right, in a, in a short period of time, right, three companies in, in essentially six years. So one of the things we, we realized is, well, you know, we've, we've been in business for 90 years and everybody knows us uh, in these communities. Uh, it's really an opportunity to take, you know, uh, uh, do an educational campaign and just let these folks know who we are. So one of the things we realized is, all right, we need to get uh, start a, a grassroots public relations campaign, and really get involved in all the communities that we serve over there. Um, and we did, you know, all the local business organizations, you know, the local chambers of commerce where they exist, you know, going out to the to the towns, the community fairs, um, you know, the Addison County Fair and Field Days, you know, we've had a, ever since we've had a had a booth every year doing that. Obviously, it didn't happen this summer just because of, of COVID, first time in you know over a hundred years that the fair didn't happen. But you know, uh, everybody goes out to that, you know, so it's a great opportunity as a local business. You know, we're there. Um, you know, we have our products on demo, but it's a great opportunity to interact with our customer base and um, you know let them see our services, ask uh, answer uh, questions that they may have, and also. You know, every you know, you know how it is when you're out there. You know, I've been having a problem with this and this. Wow, it sounds like you know that might be Wi-Fi related. You know, let me take your information. I'm going to dispatch a technician to coordinate with you, and you know, let's take a look at that and get it resolved for you. you know, so it's a great opportunity. Grassroots efforts and community impact teams. This is really good stuff. I love it. Speaking of events, we couldn't talk about events without talking about 2020 and the pandemic. It changed the way everyone had to think about brand awareness. I heard a marketer describe 2020 as uneventful since everything was canceled. Greg told me about going from 70 events per year to seven. I'm kind of the the guy behind the um, public relations events and a lot of the events that we, both sales and marketing events that we put on during the year. And I can say that it has definitely been a huge change for me because I'm used to doing 70 plus events a year. And last year we did seven. So um, we, and a lot of stuff was canceled. A lot of stuff was out of our control that we couldn't do. Um, uh, I think of the fairs that we do. We do a lot of stuff um, in the small community fairs. We go out into those small communities. Uh, do parades, 
I, I hope that we can go back to the events and stuff that we were doing. Um, like I say, I think we, a lot, all of us miss a lot of that interaction that we had with our customers on a one-to-one basis when we were at a sales event. Um, I, I think that I see in the future, just my opinion, that there's going to be kind of a combination of both, a combination of where we were before and, and, and breaking new ground coming up with different ways we have to always we we were doing smartphone classes here that we had a huge following with in our glasgow that we had to quit doing that because it was primarily um, our older demographic that were attending those smartphone classes and we had to pretty much just stop doing that well i still see those ladies occasionally every day on the street and they're asking me when are we going to do smartphone classes again and it was such a great time because we got a chance to actually work with those people. We answered questions and we, uh, yeah, it was, it's, it was a fun time for everybody. We even had birthday celebrations and sometimes they brought cookies and I love cookies. I love cookies too, Greg. These events mentioned give the customer an opportunity to say, you're doing great or hey, you're not doing so well. I'm not really happy. Listen to me if you want to retain my business. As Kurt said, being approachable and accessible is the best way to get truthful feedback. Another way to get feedback, surveys. Deb Luke tells us about how they use surveys to build on their hometown touch. Once we have a customer that maybe they've been with us for a long time and they take our services and really don't think twice about it, we reach out to them every 12 months, within a 12-month period, and ask them how their services are, ask if they want to have an account review and evaluate the services that they're currently paying for and identify, do you still need these services or are there additional services that you need? And so it's just building on that constant hometown touch, the one-on-one business-to-business relationships that we're building with our customer base. Two weeks after um, customers have taken our service or a new service with us, we follow up with a phone call to see how they're doing. Um, We follow up with thank you notes um, and making them feel appreciated that they're doing business with us. And it's that type of not just a blanket survey. We did those a number of years ago. And I think you get a a fairly good response, but you really don't have the opportunity to find out, was there really something that maybe didn't meet their expectations and then visit with them about it. And then once you've had that conversation, we can send a technician back out there to fix it or make it right, where you don't get that in a, a paper survey or electronic survey. Kyle Randleman from Star Communications uses surveys too, but beware, he believes you can survey too often. We found that when we did it too often, our, our response rates would fall and I wouldn't really get, you know, if you use you know, statistical deviation tables and everything else, I wasn't getting a good representation of my population. Um, so, you know, I, I think I was over surveying at one point in my early career. And I think that's a, you know, a bit of advice I would hand down to, to, to anybody listening that, you know, don't don't beat them. Don't browbeat them to death. Um, it's it's a. I got into that notion early in my career, and, and and now know better that you know 
it's really hard to make a, a telephone cooperative look sexy. We're just not. Um, and that's okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, they care about their service. They care about what they get. They care that they're getting they getting a, a fair price or what they conceive is a fair price. So we, you know, we try to do, we do surveys, uh, big ones, maybe once every five, six, seven years, just to kind of get an idea of the market, how the market's changed. And normally we really get good responses if we, if we spread them out that far. A survey that Kyle does on a regular basis is an installation survey. From that, he developed the three-touch plan. The, um, the other surveys that we do on a constant basis, I put into effect, is after every installation. Um, I, I, I involved a, did something called a three-touch plan. And really, it's, it's simple, but it was hard to, to put in, in service, Carrie. But we, something just hit me, and I've been working on it ever since. But the three-touch plan really consisted of, if anybody goes to our website, Within three clicks, I want them to have the data at their fingertips. I wanted our, our, web, our website to be very flat and wide so they're not having to go through menu after menu after menu to get to something that they want. That was a frustrating point that I wanted to fix. So three touch, uh, the first part of that is, you know, three clicks. Um, the, the second part of that is, you know, after we finish the installation within three days, I want to send them a postcard. Three weeks after that, we actually have the CSR that did the order to call out and ask, how did we do? And, um, you know, just pretty simple. It was very casual, very quick. And would we, you know, would you suggest us to your neighbors? It's not in depth. I don't want them overthinking this thing. So, but, so that's the three touches that, that we kind of have, have put into place there. And uh, it's, it's really worked out well. I loved hearing about Kyle's three touch plan the customer experience and the journey is about making it as effortless as possible. A website that's easy to use, installation that's done when expected, follow through. Well done, Kyle. We're here at the end of this retention episode, and I want to wrap up with Deb Luke. In the power of moments, Chip and Dan Heath tell us about the four ways to engineer customer experience moments. And one way is through insight. And this is when the customer realizes why they do business with your company. They become forever loyal. They become a super fan. I'll give you kind of an example of a situation that happened here. Not only did our company have to deal with COVID in 2020, um, our exchange area was impacted by the derecho storm. I'm not sure if you heard about that, but we had 120 mile an hour winds that went through our exchange area and uh, services, electricity was down for multiple days. In some areas, it was a couple of weeks in Iowa, but we were fortunate that the maximum time was about a week. But during that whole storm, um, our services never went down. We the, the fact of customers not being able to use their service had to do with the lack of electricity or power at their location, but not the fact that our service was not available. In the exchanges where we have a competitor, that was not the case. So customers who were on a competitor's service, they were without service in some cases for multiple weeks where because they were not able to get back and restore their internet service. And um, we received a number of new customers uh, during that event. 
and they were all um, very thankful, very appreciative, and recognized the value of what we bring in getting them service in, you know, a short period of time, if not 24 hours, it was within at least two days to get them new service where their current provider was telling them it would be a week, if not longer. So I think it does in some ways when you are able to provide um, that level of service, it does elevate what your expectations are from someone else. My guests covered a lot of information sharing their strategies for retaining customers and turning them into fans. The key takeaways being the right team, consistent training and monitoring community events and finding ways to get honest feedback. I hope you've heard something that sparked some new ideas to help you retain customers. Our next episode will be about advocacy. Are you doing anything special when the customer is doing more than just hanging around? Or, you know, when they tout your service and promote your brand, uh, you know, how are you thanking them? And honestly, advocacy probably gets the least attention than any stop on the customer journey. But watch for our last episode. My experts will share how they think they're doing at the advocacy stop. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Journey, Exploring the Customer Experience, a six-part Story Connect miniseries hosted by Carrie Huckabee. A special thanks to our guests and to our presenting sponsor, Calix. Visit calix.com to learn how their cloud and software solutions can help you simplify your business, excite your subscribers, and grow your value. Journey and Story Connect are productions of Words out of the Pioneer Utility Resources. 